0: Side, side,
1: side, side, side. <laughs> side, 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 side. <laughs> on the threat. <laughs> Come on, side.
0: Come on, side. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son, the podcast. Joining me in the studio right now, one of the legendary hip-hop artists in this world from Bone Thugs and Harmony, my man Busy Bone. What up, fam?
1: What's good? What's good? How you been, brother? I'm good, I'm good. Putting the phone on airplane mode, you know? You know what I mean? Just... <laughs> so
0: we can chop it up a little bit? That's right. That's Just right. dropped another LP, huh? What yeah. is, what's this solo LP number what?
1: Um, This is, oh, man, this one's going to be, well, I dropped a couple of mixtapes. It's going to be like number 11, number 12. I lost count. After around 2007, 2008.
0: That's a long time to still be making a lot of music, man. What compels you at this point in your career to still make music?
1: Well, I've been on the road with with my crew since 2009. Since Flesh got out of jail and constantly staying in the studio. So it's just loving music and I guess being in it for the right reasons. You know, Um, doing it for the right reasons. Not just for the hustle, not just for the paper, for... You know, for the love of music, I guess.
0: Yeah. What 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 was it that that drew you to hip hop in the beginning? Breakdancing. Were you a little Brian? <laughs> Breakdancing.
1: Uh, Breakdancing in the projects with the Enforcers and the Junior Jam and Freeze crew
0: uh,
1: in Columbus. Um, of course, hip hop, uh, rap, um, New Edition. Okay. Uh, so I came up in that era. I came up. I grew up like that. I was groomed by those. By that kind of energy.
0: What what was it uh, about the fellas that made y'all all all get together? What was that main ingredient that made
1: y'all form Bone Thugs? Struggle. Struggle was the main ingredient, like talent, of course, and then we all met in the right place, but we met in a drug environment circumstance where we were young, selling drugs, Uh and we ran across each other and found out through each other's parents that we had similar talents. And it just manifested in the. Is it group? true
0: that you guys were singing a lot back in those days?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm the singer of the group. Definitely, I started <laughs> singing first. So I, I found my voice singing like very young, like five, four, five.
0: What kind of stuff were you singing back then?
1: Oh, um, Michael Jackson, Jackson, Richie, hometown. <laughs> uh, that's what Dad listened to. Mom uh-huh. and Dad listened to that. So started off with those things and. Duplicating voices I was real good At duplicating voices Then I started learning My vocal cords And how to stretch them mm. From the voices I duplicate and So I just picked up From there And fell in love With music
0: I Fell in love with hip hop Oh yeah hip hop Was okay. there any one thing That you can pinpoint That made you fall in love With hip hop
1: Eric B Rock him Oh wow And the D.O.C Dana Dane Slick Rick I got this mixtape That's
0: funny I just talked to Dana Dane yesterday
1: Yeah I got this mixtape From my homeboy Um who was a DJ? Mm-hmm. And I was real young, and I would just listen to it. I had a radio up to my ear, It had a mix of uh, uh, Rockham, Dana Dane, Slick Rick, and then when-
0: D- Rockham's here in the, in the city this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eric being Rakim here this weekend, actually yeah, in yeah, Chicago. That, yeah, that's my guy right
1: there. That's my guy.
0: Yeah, that's the G O D right there, bro. Yes, sir. Were you surprised at all by your success? As once Bone Thugs and Harmony hit, do you remember, are you are you at all surprised by that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was definitely surprised by it. You know, it was unexpected. Uh, we felt like we would be able to bring something to to Easy E in particular when we went out to Los Angeles, but to actually meet him. I have to go back to Cleveland. It it just was like a whirlwind of success, and it hasn't stopped for 26 years. Wow, it's been that long already. Yeah, two decades and some time.
0: Damn, bro, that's that is a long ass time, bro. Yeah. And the fan base has just grown with y'all. You know, y'all still doing shows all over the place. Mm. It's just, that's that gotta be a beautiful feeling after 26 years, bro. That this is what you've been doing for 26 years. Like, you don't get that kind of career normally.
1: Yeah, yeah, we came at a a great time right before you know, the internet age and social media hit. Mm -hmm. It was still about radio. It was still about marketing and promotion, grassroots out the trunk. So we was right on the cusp of it. Just right in the right time. We got a lot of hits out there. We got 10 real strong ones, so it's kept us on the road. Yeah, working.
0: yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question, Bizzy. You've been pretty, you done got into it with the Migos, <laughs> right? And it's been pretty critical. What do you think, what do you see that's wrong? Why did you feel so disrespected by them?
1: I mean, not only the thing that they, things that they were saying the Lazy about sleeping with his wife or him not having no money and all of this other stuff. I just seen when Jay-Z would say death to the auto-tune, they never said, shut up, old head. or when Eminem, you know, did the kamikaze, they never said, shut up, old head. So what I started figuring out was what they was really saying was to all of the older generation that didn't have great contracts and didn't have their money correct. So that kind of threw me back and it was like, so, you know, my generation and the generation beforehand ain't allowed to, to, to talk. We're not allowed to say what we don't like in hip hop. And then as men in general, we really don't want it to talk if our money ain't right. And that's it's, it's a touchy subject. So I just felt compelled to just stand up for all of them, you know, for everybody mm-hmm. that don't really want to say nothing because they're going to look bitter because they may not be financially in forbes or whatnot so that that really has been driving me and fueling me and that
0: but the the thing with me with hip-hop and i got a lot of respect for migos because they showed me nothing but love when we met the the point of hip-hop the thing about hip-hop is not is your skill level it for us it was always your skill level not how much money you can accumulate we have had a lot of artists in hip-hop even in our days that weren't really skillful at accumulating money so one thing doesn't have anything to do with another one and I always felt like if an artist fall back so, on their money so quick if all they can say is I got more money than you then you really covering up the fact that you really are not Secure with your skill level because I saw the, the the back and forth with Lazy and when Lazy was like he was like let's go uh, one of the amigos was like let's go bankroll for bankroll and Lazy was like no let's go skill for skill your crew against my crew and let's see who's got the better skill
1: yeah definitely and and I felt that same exact way and I'm not gonna let up you know I'm 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 a hip hop person you know I'm a hip right. hop artist it's been about battle it's about the sport. And I got money. So right. you're not finna come at me like that, you know. And I'm gonna make sure you understand and feel this pressure and 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 get where we coming from. I'm gonna give it to you the entire way, whether you got a skill set or not. You gon' answer me.
0: And but then, go ahead. But the thing about it though, Biz, is it's a it's just like a matter of respect, bro. What, you know what I mean? It's like don't they understand that if we didn't do what we did, if we didn't go through what we went through, if Bone thugs didn't do what they did. If it wasn't for uh, the Furious Five getting jerked around by Sugar Hill Records the way they did, then you wouldn't even be in a position to make the money that you're making right
1: now. And see, that's the whole thing about it. When we sit down and we try to speak about it and be normal and be civilized, they too young to really sit down and understand it because their lives are moving so fast. Right. So those kind of dudes and that kind of a generation, you just got to beat them up. Lyrically, you got to beat them up. And I'm going unrelentlessly for, for some time. I won't keep hitting them song after song and stay and stay at them until I feel that, you know, when they'll finally, they you know, like, you know, 21 Savage, he apologized to, to Lazy. Right, but It was off camera. So the brand and the fans still think him saying, I'll sleep with your wife, but way harsher words, that's still out there. Um, uh, uh, put up your M's. It's still out there. You know, they apologizing behind the scenes. Then they telling, what do you think about the older generation? They should be kissing our feet. Oh, no, man, I I, I got to say something.
0: Yeah, I now, saw I that, too. And I and I definitely had to speak up on that one because I am the older generation. It's, I, in my opinion, it should be vice versa. You know, kissing feet, y'all should be kissing our asses because we opened the door for you for you to make the kind of money that you're making right now.
1: That's like saying that's like saying that to Martin Luther King or saying that to Malcolm X. Or LeBron such, James saying
0: that to Jordan.
1: It's just such blatant, blatant disrespect, you know what I mean, to where the only way to really go Go at them is talent for talent and bring it out and and put it out there so that people can just see that and enjoy that and bring hip-hop back to its roots, back to the sport, the cannabis and the LL, without the Tupac and the Biggie nonsense. we too old for that. You right. know what I mean? we too mature for that. After Nipsey and what happened to him, that ain't where we at with it right now. So, right. yeah, that's what I'm doing this for you. Yeah, yeah but let's talk about Nipsey Hussle for mm. a minute, man. How did how, how did you feel about that when you heard it? He was in the Bone Thugs movie I tried, and I've known him, you know, for a long time. Uh-huh. I didn't know him knowing like, like a lot of other people, but it was just such a loss, and it reminded me of what the young lady did to Selena. And it's just, to me, it's the mind state of society, you know, whereas... You know this guy was working with the working with the police uh, as an informant. Nipsey was also working with the police, but to clear up gang activity. Right. His retort should have been, "You're no better than me." That's a that's, that's a quote in the movie Hoodlum. Uh-huh. But the mental state and where he's at, and wh- whoever's controlling this whole youth, new generation, he wasn't skilled enough to balance it out and make Nipsey think. Instead, he went. He wanted to hurt Jay-Z. He wanted to hurt the, the NBA players. He wanted to hurt as many people as he possibly could. Right. It wasn't just about Nipsey. Nipsey wasn't afraid to die. Mm-hmm. It was about hurting the people that he was helping. Right. He didn't want to kill Nipsey. He wanted to kill Nipsey's buzz. He wanted to kill Nipsey's friends, fans, family, and the loves of his life. That's wow. what, And he succeeded. He's, right. wanted, he, he's one of them ones. He out-demoned a demon. What do you think about people saying that was government controlled? Um, that he was
0: sent by the government to kill Nipsey.
1: I don't I don't know. You know, I think that we thought the same thing about Tupac, but we didn't just look at the signs of as some dude hustling, trying to get a couple of dollars, start some stuff, and we didn't see the signs. You, you know, they jumped this guy, shot him up. It's the gang culture right. out in Los Angeles is so deep and it's yeah. so in-depth. And it's serious. And it's very serious, it, and it's stupid they put jesus to the side they put god to the side they put a religion to the side and they ride mm-hmm. as kids 13 year olds killing
0: people. right 11 year olds yeah definitely did you did when y'all blew up when bone thugs and harmony blew up did you have to leave your neighborhood
1: yeah 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 i, I definitely left the neighborhood um i was in a um because I'm, I'm 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 i came up in foster homes different things of that nature so mm. i i was i was born in ohio and i was in and out of cleveland throughout my childhood but i had roots in in another city in in ohio so i went out there and um lived out there but in general i do think that when you make it put money back into your neighborhood but get up out of there Mm. Like houston loved nipsey Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's just at this point at this time you really gotta be careful, but nobody really expects it. Gonna
0: l- let me get your opinion on this, be- uh, uh, Busy, because I w- was going through my Instagram the other day and I follow Nori from Capone and Noriega. Been my man for a long time since we were both, well, I wasn't a shorty. Nor- Nori, I got Nori by about 10, 15. So Nori was a shorty. Back in the days, knew, we knew a lot of the same people, and Nori said he thought that keeping it real was when you get on, you put your niggas on, you do what's right, you reinvest in the hood, you do what you're supposed to do. And then he went on to say how Nipsey was a good guy. Nipsey wasn't no sucker. He wasn't no bitch-ass nigga. He wasn't the kind of nigga that squirrel on niggas and do... And they tried to do right by his community, and he got killed for it. So now he thinks, this is Nori saying, I'm thinking that keeping it real is keeping it fucking wrong.
1: What's your opinion on that?
0: I think that... Because yeah, the same shit happened to Jam Master J. I know.
1: I, I think that it's going to always be casualties. I think it's always going to be things that happen that we don't understand in the course of doing the right thing. And I think it starts within ourselves, you know, now, you know, right now, the best we, thing we can do is not kill each other, Right, is recognize and notice where we're at as, as people of color and not kill each other. And I think it's step by step by step by step by step in order to break 400 plus years of oppression, it's going to take time to break those cycles. It's just going to take time to, to implement that within our minds, and it's going to be casualties. And unfortunately, it's gonna be good ones and bad ones. And we really don't like to see the good ones. But as far as, I don't think re- investing in your neighborhood is a bad thing. I don't think doing it the wrong way. I just think that's a lot of pain and a lot of hurt that that Nori's taking in from the whole hip hop community and and giving and giving that stress relief and giving that medicine for people that's in such pain. They don't know what else to say, but I don't want to help anymore. It's just a lot of pain. It's When, when the healing comes in, I think Nori's going to change his mind.
0: I, I think Nori is kind of feeling a, a lot of pain, as you said, and I agree with you 100%, but I think pretty much what Nori said, pretty probably close to what you just said a minute ago, is invest in your own neighborhood, invest and try to keep it up, but you just can't chill there. You got to be gone. Yeah. It's just too much fucking hate. It's just, It's just that people, I don't understand the hate to the point where somebody wants you dead. I can understand them not liking you. I can understand them not
1: fucking with you. But wanting you dead is like, that's some other shit right there, bro. It's it's really wanting to have control over the energy of a mass amounts of people when you can't get control in your particular skill set. If you can't be famous, if I can't be famous for... Making music for you, I'm gonna be famous for killing your favorite artist, just like the Sirhan Sirhan did with John Lennon right. and different things of that nature. It those people still exist on this earth, so it's always a deeper rooted problem, other than what we see on the surface that's easily fixable. And mm-hmm. as you remember, if you if you've seen it, he went to a mental health facility.
0: Be- right. He got when picked up at a mental he health. We got picked
1: facility. up at a mental health facility. So he's clearly telling us something is wrong in society. This isn't just haterism. This is I'm messed up. I'm messed up, messed up. Right. Yes. Sir.
0: Yeah, I'm real uh, yeah, that's, uh, and and this particular killing, cuz we had just lost uh XXX Tentacion not earlier this you know late last year. He passed away poor poor young dude right there just trying to make music and do the right thing and you know, even said he hopes his music lives on after he passes away, and somebody tried to rob him and kill him. But why do you think this Nipsey Hussle killing has taken on such, it just got
1: people into a state of depression now? Because he had everybody. He had the police force, he had the respect to the streets, he had the NBA, he had the NFL, he was, and all he talked about was empowerment, independence, right. upliftment, he had Jay-Z. Right. Jay-Z just gave $15 million Yeah, to his kids toward his, Towards his children Yeah, it's a beautiful thing That's big Jay-Z was the first one to purchase all his mixtapes right. Jay-Z didn't know it was going to be an investment Jay-Z right. did that because he respected a young entrepreneur So it just touched a
0: lot of people Right, it really did it touched a lot of people who didn't even know Nipsey Hussle mm. like that you know, I can't say that I knew Nip's like that, but I did have the opportunity to chop it up with him on a few different occasions. He's a good, good brother, man, who was who was really trying to do something right.
1: And was, and was. And he right. was getting good money, and he was living good. He wasn't struggling by any means. He succeeded, but he could have been it could have been so much bigger. Mm-hmm. He he's def he was definitely the picture of success. But he could have uh what he what he could have done?
0: yeah mm-hmm. it, it will always wonder like sometimes mm-hmm. i sit back and wonder and i know you do too because we came from that same era coming up early in our careers i often wonder what tupac would have been like right now
1: oh uh, yeah yeah he i think he would have been political myself me too bro yeah i me think too. he would have been political
0: now, i i know for a fact in my heart of hearts that the Black Lives Matter movement, he would have been
1: at the forefront of that moment. And one of the biggest actors ever, too, because he was something behind that Naturally behind skilled, that bro.
0: Naturally skilled. Absolutely naturally skilled. You've been doing solo albums since 1998. Is yes. Is that sir. correct? Yes, sir. Was it
1: hard for you to step away from the group? No, no. Um, I was already beefing with the record label after Easy E had passed away because I was heavily into getting our masters and a lot more points and percentages. Were y'all able to get that? I was okay. Um, I had to sue them because I signed with Easy at seventeen, and it came to a point to where I would like when we would sign for new records, I would sign separately and and negotiate outside of the group, keeping my points, my percentages, my mechanicals, my writers. I don't, I don't know the business of what was going on with my family or my boys. Right. But um, you know. But it, you
0: made sure that you separated it. I and had it. to.
1: Yeah, I had to. It was, you know, we started butting heads too much. Uh, and we were With the label? With each other, too. Okay. Yeah, we started butting heads because, you know, my boys was agreeing with the label and I wasn't really agreeing with the label. And, you know, I had to compromise some and I had to be able to just basically go out on my own and protect my own rights and the things that I could, so... So me going solo it was freedom. It was me being able to just do me and, and do the things I wanted to do, talk about the things I wanted to talk about, talk about me being kidnapped, being in foster homes, stuff that bone thugs don't really like to talk about. They are not really on that, 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 that kind of a vibe. It was always warfare, you know, and it mm-hmm. would never get deep inside. You know how LL did, I need love. Right. You know, that was, come from that era, like showing feelings and emotions and music. So it was fairly simple for me to start out and do that, and you know that's why I've kept a kept kept putting out solo music and always with my boys as well. But it just it's a but release. it's two separate
0: entities. Bone Thugs and Harmony is one entity. Busy Bone is a total separate entity.
1: In in retrospect, it is. But whatever I do, whatever I come up with, you still represent. It always falls back on them because they always say, "But your boys and people." The the people won't let you forget your family. They just right. won't. Don't matter how big you get, even when it's Michael Jackson, they continuously asked him about what's up with Jermaine, what's going on with Tito, what's going right. on with Joe. Right. Look at Janet. Where's right. Rebe at? So they always, it's always gonna be that, and that's a blessing because when I'm not working, they're working. Right. And people are asking them about me, so it just revolves, and I I like to embrace the I like to embrace the constant marketing and promotion and branding. You know.
0: Yeah. And it, and it works. It works for everybody. Yes. It's a good look for everybody. Are you you solo now, completely
1: solo as far as label is concerned, or do you still owe Ruthless music? No, 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 no. Um, we work with Ruthless Records um, as far as mechanicals and royalties and writer shares, because like, I own all of mine. Uh-huh. So, you know, the rest of my, my boys there and whatever that they're into with them, so I still deal with them, have a cordial relationship with them. But Bone or myself, we're not signed up under anybody. We've been independent for years and years and years. Um, How's that life, bro? It's good. What's the difference? Well, because, like, when you're not independent, these, the, new, the new way is sign a 360 so you don't get money from the show. Please, shows. please
0: explain to everybody what a 360 deal is.
1: 360, a 360 means they own everything. Your TV appearances, your endorsements, uh, your show money, and they give you a bulk sum of money, a lump sum of money, but they own everything. And that's why they hustle and grind for your Sprite endorsements. They hustle and grind for your car endorsements, your Rolls. You'll get a Rolls Royce. You'll get a lifetime shipment of of, of Sprite. You'll get a few Petite, petite Philips and, and all that other right. tech and all that. You'll get a few of them. But the money that's being made from it, it, you're gonna be surrounded, and it's like the price that the you know new artists have to pay, and some of the older artists fell into because they you know we're used to signing with with labels, and they you know whatever's on the paperwork, hey, this is the way things go. Cool, I'll get out of it. Not a 360. You will not get out of a 360. For instance, Jay Z signed a 360 with Live Nation,
0: Mm -hmm. but
1: it gave him 100 plus million.
0: It's worth
1: it then. You know what I mean, because uh, that's enough. They did it twice. Right. Yeah, that, he, th- yep. yeah that, that's enough. That's enough. But one thing enough.
0: Jay did is he didn't allow Live Nation to own his concerts outside of the United States.
1: It, he sat it down. He yeah, goes, he got it. He
0: got right with it. He was like, okay, when I go overseas, though, y'all don't get none of this shit. And, you, get, right. you can have the United States, but a buck 50, he figured 150 million, I wasn't going to make that anyway, so let me take this from them. Exactly, and they made sure that they made it. Oh, they made that hundred fifty back. They put
1: that extra effort in there, like like you know, all promoters. Right, shit. merchandising, so all of that. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. So you know, it, it worked out good for for Jay uh, Jay Z, and but for other artists, like you see, little Uzi Vert. Not uh-huh. to talk on his business, but he's like, I don't like where I'm at right now. Right. And other artists, Lupe Fiasco's, and. And 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 some of these other ones, they're starting to say, I'm not feeling this now because they're getting a little older now. You know, the new generation Post Malone and Lil Pump and, you know, coming in, you know, so when some is coming in, it's the same sound. It's all auto tune. Ain't no signature voices. Right. Post Malone, Migos and, and, and 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 Lil Pump, they all sound the same. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know which one is which on the song because it's a certain vibe of an auto-tuned sound that the people are tuned into. Mm-hmm. So you add those things up with that 360. Oh, my God.
0: Wow. That means if they do a show, the record label gets that money. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. If they all their merchandising, the record label is getting that money. Mm-hmm. If they get a commercial, the record label gets the money. The whole is it a computer.
1: percentage of it or is it all of it? Is normally all of it, but if they, it, it, you can negotiate anything. That's what people, you know, if you don't jump the gun right. and you got a good buzz, you can negotiate different things and avenues to get this and gain this and gain that. So it's it's growing and people are getting smarter just like with anything else. You right. Know? So yeah. what
0: is it that they give you a lump ass sum of money up front? So say it's young Busybone. Busybone putting out mixtapes. He's on the internet. He's doing his thing. His buzz is tremendous. There's, Quarter, Half a million people are more following him. Every time he puts out a mixtape, it gets snatched up. It's all over. It's charting. It's doing all that. So what does the record company come in? Offer you a lot of money?
1: Okay, let me just give you an example. My son, actually uh, little busy. He's, right. He got a buzz. He had like a million. Now he got two-plus million um, for his song, Busy's in the House. He had like a million-plus. He was on the come up his buzz. So he goes out to, to one of these respectful labels that we wouldn't keep unnamed because I don't burn no bridges. Right. And they offered him half a million dollars, but they wanted him to sign for seven years and sign away everything, like everything. Wow. Like we own it all, but we'll give you a half a million dollars. And my son, you know, he know he got me. Right. And he said, Dad, I told him no. I said, well, why didn't you let me look at the paperwork? He said, because, Dad, I mean, they basically just told me they did want to give me anything. Like, they just wanted to give me this money, and that was it. He wow. Was like, All my boys wanted to take the deal, and I didn't go for it. I said, that was really, really good, son, but next time let me look at that paperwork.
0: Right. <laughs> but for seven years, though. Yeah, they wanted him locked Okay, for seven. And, and, and you know what's smart about Lil' Busy? He mm-hmm. knows he's going
1: to make more than a half a million dollars in seven years. Yeah, definitely. I spent more than that just to keep you <laughs> I spent more than that just to keep him in the house and home. Keep clothes on his back. (laughs) But he out there doing it big now. He made the right decision. He built his own studio in LA. He's Uh doing really, really good. I'm so proud of him.
0: Yeah, how old is Lil Busy now?
1: Lil Busy is 23 years old.
0: Wow, bro. Time flies like a motherfucker. Matter of fact,
1: it'll be 23 April
0: 13th. Happy birthday to my man, Lil Busy, out there, man. Time flies, man. How did you manage with everything? You were kidnapped when you were young. You were from foster care, from this, that, and the third. Um, you had a, a, a really public struggle with with substance abuse for years. How did you manage to come through all of that, Biz?
1: I mean, well, you know, I think the earlier stuff that happened to me made me stronger, you know, for the things for later on. You know, I um, as far as the alcoholic thing, having alcohol problems just too young and moving too fast i had to look at things in the perspective and slow myself down um and then a lot of that was thrown in because i was a live wire and i just wasn't agreeing with the record label so it was easier to say that i had substance abuse problems and things of that nature when it really wasn't even that you know Mm. but you know you know, I you had to just slow down. unhappy. Yeah, I was definitely unhappy. I had to slow down drinking, but being kidnapped, being in foster homes and going through this, 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 that in the streets. And it built me to be strong enough. And it gave me tough skin to just deal with the pressures of of uh, being an artist and, and being an entertainer. And it's it, it, it was a breeze to go through problems. It was a breeze to not know how to manage my money and then gain my money back because i've all came up from being broke so i knew what it was i knew what it looked like and i knew that it was money still there i just needed to understand how to deal with social media i needed to deal with monetization i needed to know how to deal with pandora i needed to know how to deal with the mechanicals as far as 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 the internet stuff was going so that was a whole nother phase so it was just because it was a learning process and because i had tough skin that's what got me through basically, Ed. That was mm-hmm. that was what got me
0: through. Yeah, that that and that's a blessing from God. Yes, sir. All over all over the place. But I noticed one thing about you, you never lost your love of God. Through mm-hmm. so everything that you was going through, you always big God up in your music. You always big God up when I saw you on stage. You always told people to keep the faith, always told people to keep believing. Keep praying, stay prayed up, and through all through Jesus, all things are possible. You was always on that from from day one, man.
1: Yes, God is always alive, and I try to tell people, always keep God in positive situations don't when when negative things happen to you, do your best not to blame God because the best thing you can do to gift God is make sure that He's around when you're blessed, never in your struggle. You always want to come up out of a struggle and say, "I made it God, I didn't want you around, but I made it out by following your statutes and in your son's name right. and I think that that to me that's what would make God happy to know you you know you you don't just call me in your time of need you call me in in celebration you call me when you're happy during the jubilee and not the struggle I just don't that's just how I've always felt and you know, yeah, I'm always keep God first, and I always tell people God is alive, and God is don't ever forget. Don't matter how old you get, He's still alive. After every after Nipsey, God is alive. Absolutely. After what happened in New York with the Twin Towers, God is alive. Absolutely. Stay strong,
0: my man Busy Bone. Man, I appreciate you coming in, man. Much success to you. I appreciate you. Love you, brother. I love, love you. Love you. As well. This is my brother in hip hop right here, Busy Bone right here. On, Come on, son. The podcast. We out of here. Yeah, Peace. Yeah. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On Sun, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.